Hello, everyone, and welcome to JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent conversations that we've had on JM in the AM. Paul Packer joined us recently. He's chairman of the United States Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. We spoke about a very important development in a foreign country and what they're doing to recognize an important landmark for the Jewish people. Paul Packer, my guest on JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Tuesday morning, it's JM in the AM at 23 uh, minutes before 8 o'clock. Good morning, everybody. Well, the United States Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad has had quite a week this year. Uh, this week. They're an independent agency of the government of the USA established in 1985. The law directs the commission to identify and report on cemeteries, monuments, and historic buildings in Eastern and Central Europe that are associated with the heritage of of U.S. citizens, particularly endangered properties. The law also directs the Commission to obtain, in cooperation with the U.S. Department of State, assurances from the governments of the region that the properties will be protected and preserved. In addition to the uh, types of sites specified in the law, the Commission also seeks the preservation of similar types of properties, including related archival material. It additionally encourages and facilitates private and foreign government restoration and preservation projects. Uh, Essentially, the establishment of the commission recognized that the population of the USA is mostly immigrants and their descendants uh, because it is the U.S. has interest in the preservation of sites in other countries. There have been many distinguished chairmen of the commission over the years. Current chairman of the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad is somebody who's been an amazing friend of this radio broadcast for many, many decades, and that is uh, Paul Packer, who joins us live via telephone. Paul, welcome back to JM in the AM. Nachum, good morning. Wow, I, yeah, I hope my parents heard that introduction. That was good. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Well, uh, the commission has had quite a week, and I'm interested, you know, in what a typical week is like. But let's start uh, with the news that has, uh, I-, I would say, has gone viral. The government of Kazakhstan has added the gravesite of Levi Yitzhak Schneerson, a leader of the Chabad movement. We know him as the father of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the most recent Lubavitcher Rebbe, to its list of national heritage sites. Paul Packer, chairman of the U.S. Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad, announced the move during a visit to the grave site uh, in Almaty, if that's pronounced properly, where Schneerson was buried back in 1944. So, Paul, give us some background. I know that the, uh, the yard site of the Rebbe's father was yesterday, so the timing is obviously right. Uh, tell me about... Um, uh, getting this uh, recognized by the government of Kazakhstan. Uh, thanks, Malcolm. Actually, uh, we got back just about uh, five o'clock, four forty-five. I think we landed yesterday afternoon. It was a whirlwind, thirty, probably forty hours um, from the time we took off to the time we got back. But it was quite the uh, quite the trip. Actually, this is uh, my first trip to uh, Kazakhstan in two thousand eighteen. Um, I was pushed, prodded by many there that I must make the trip from. Then uh, capital is called Astana, which is now called Mir Sultan, and to to the uh, grave, which is in Almaty, the former capital of Kazakhstan, which is about an hour and change flight from the capital down to Almaty. Um, uh, I did make that trip, and I did hear from not only our embassy, but by everybody in Kazakhstan, how important um, Revelevi Yitzhak's grave is to Kazakhstan. 
And you know, this during the times of Corona, when I'd say the last five and a half months travel has been curtailed, but still down in Washington almost weekly to meet with um, ambassadors to the countries that we are engaged with. Uh, the idea came up to not only recognize uh, Kazakhstan for another a site that will be going back there hopefully soon to recognize and memorialize, which is a what was a women's and children's gulag during the time of um, the World War II. Wow. But also we brought up to, to the ambassador the idea of having the gravesite of Levi Yitzchak and the cemetery, you know, the cemetery where part of the cemetery where he is uh, buried in Amate to be preserved and made a, a heritage site in Kazakhstan. And um, it didn't take very long at all for them to embrace that idea. And they called me back and said, hey, that is going to happen. When would you like to announce it? It happened to be within two weeks of, or ten, ten, two weeks of the yurt site. I said that would be the most amazing time to do it. And uh, there were two charter planes coming, one from uh, the Ukraine and one from the United States. They, were, they made sure that all of those people on those planes were able to get visas and were able to get, everybody was COVID tested before they got on their planes, had to come with their COVID test results. And everybody was brought from the planes to the Chabad shul there, then to the cemetery and then back to the planes to make everything, um, let's say as COVID free as possible (laughs) to everybody. But it was really an amazing experience. Uh, Paul Packer's with us. He chairs the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad for the Trump administration. Based on our research, it sounds like Kazakhstan, as much as I'm sure you like to and want to work with every country on this globe when it comes to sites important to Americans, in this case to the American Jewish community and the world Jewish community, uh, but it seems that there's a special relationship with Kazakhstan, that they've gone out of their way to cooperate. Is Is that an accurate portrayal? I wouldn't say go out of the way. I'd say that you know many countries um, that I've that we've engaged with have embraced history. You know, we're going through a very troubling and tough time here in the United States now with whatever you want to call it, the cancel culture or wiping out history, wanting to re- rewrite history, forget about history. But countries like Kazakhstan, other countries around around the world in the, that region actually is embracing um, what happened and what, you know, not wanting to forget. The idea of never forget under this president is going to be something that I will definitely be on that soapbox until, you know, the day I'm not going to be on the soapbox anymore, making sure that the world does not forget and the words never forget mean, never again really mean never forget and never again. And, you know, the idea, you know, we're taught to, you know, everybody, I think uh, one of the principles in Judaism is Hakaratatov. Yep. recognizing the good that you know countries did also it's not only bashing them over the head but it's also embracing them and and showing them the recognition and you know letting the world know the good that some of these countries did also you know Kazakhstan you know took in Revlevi Yitzhak when, when you know after he was exiled from Russia after he was tortured by by you know the Stalin you know regime so you know this is something that I try to do you know I'd rather hit to, I'd rather embrace someone than hit them over the head but at the same time, you know, if we have to try and help those countries get the recognition for the good they've done or help them restore something, which we're going to be doing very soon, hopefully in Poland, I'm not saying that they're doing the right thing over there, but 
we are going to be doing the right thing over there by restoring over 20 mass graves that have not been marked and not been uh, properly recognized at all. Hopefully in the next two months that will be done also. But we're going to make sure that the words never again really mean never again and, and that we're never going to forget about what happened. And all this is being done with the encouragement, it sounds like, don't want to put words in your mouth, of the Trump administration to do things like this and to utilize this position uh, to, again, remember and commemorate you know, the, the types of sites that you just described. You know, uh, you know it's been, and Nachamino me for a long time, but this has been the most gratifying three-plus years of my life, doing this not only for the country but under this president, uh, going around the world and seeing how much America is loved. America is loved. America is a melting pot. We see that every day that we, you know, we are in America. But the idea that we all came from somewhere else um, is something that the, the world recognizes how special America is also. And, and also recognizes that America is the greatest nation in the world and a superpower. Well, and everybody who does and everybody who does get aid from us does recognize that you know there are certain things that America stands for, and and culture and heritage is definitely one of them. Well, I'm going to take and, your, I'm going to take your sorry, word for it, and I have no trouble. Be, I really have no trouble believing what you're saying. But you just said earlier in this conversation that you spend a lot of time in Washington. If that's the case, then that that may be one of the places on this globe where you're surrounded by people who really hate this country. Frankly, not to get too political. But if you're following the way things are going these days, there are a lot of people who take zero pride in this country. Unfortunately, there are people who live in this country. Yeah, I hate to say it, Nachum, but those people you know, just don't realize and don't have their eyes wide open to see what country they are in. Because, yeah. you know, fortunately or unfortunately, in this country, it's their right to be able to be upset. Um, and that's one of the greatest things about this country. People yeah. are able to, you know, we are a democracy, and people are able to voice their opinion. People voice their opinion against the president, but then, you know, that's, that's one of the greatest things about this country. It is the United States of America where people can say that. Right. It's, you know, I'm not going to opine on if they're right or wrong. I'm just going to do my job the way the president's doing his job. Right. I, I just found that. I just found to make the, sure this country is going to get back on the right path of the, the country that I know my grandmother only would have wished that I would, would be growing up, not in not only my her great-grandchildren who, you know, or I'm sure she would be fearing for this is not the country that she thought that I, it would be for them. I just find it yeah. ironic that you travel the globe and hear and see from so many people who admire what happens in this country, but when you go to Washington or other places, you're often met not just with criticism and people who want to express you know, negative feelings. I get that, or a neg- negative comment. I get that, and everyone does have a right, as you described. Unfortunately, a lot of it sometimes seems to be accompanied by uh, – by hatred and loathing, which is so disappointing. Paul Packer is with us. He's the head, the chair of the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. So I, I was wondering, and I said this in the opening, you know, about a typical week. I mean, is this, is this the type of thing you're doing, I don't know, you know, on a regular basis? Is this something that only happens, you know, once in a while on your calendar? Because, you know, you're still working to try to get things these get these things done, and you know all the uh, all the backroom machinations that need to happen in order to you know to have a ceremony like the one you had in Kazakhstan. I mean, how often are these sites being recognized by you and the commission? So I would say this this past year was going to be a really really this this year that we're in now was supposed to be a very very busy year. I've taken to the um, uh, called media the video era of trying to still stay engaged with uh, many of the countries. I think we've done three, four videos already. Um, you could, people could see them at, at 
U.S. Heritage C-O-M-M, I believe, on Twitter, uh, where they could, people could follow what we're doing. But it's, you know, we were teed up, no pun intended there, to go and um, probably do something at least once every month in different countries this oh, wow. past year. Nice. Um, we, I, you know, there will be over the next, um, I believe, the later in this month, we'll be in another country. We'd glad to talk about it after we come back. Another country that's been unbelievably unbelievable to um, Jews, uh, actually, since uh, for the last, you know, giving a hint here for the last 26 centuries. But there are, you know, cemeteries there to be uh, revitalized and memorialized. And um, then, God willing, again in um, September before the the holidays, hopefully be back, be in Poland, if not uh, right after the holidays, and hopefully one other, you know. Stop it back in a country right before the Yom Tovin. But we have a long list of what to do. There is much to do, and um, we're going to do it. And as I said, you know, the idea of never again is really going to be thrown down, is a better lack of a better word, to all the countries letting you know that America, especially under this president, is not going to let the atrocities be forgotten or happen again of what happened to the Jews in, from during World War II. Paul Packer's with us, chair of the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. All right, you, you knew I'd ask you this question, and, and this is not in any way a challenge. It's simply I, I need the information. Um, there are many who try to um, who try to change history and, um, and, and try to take away, if you will, uh, certain sites and heritage sites from Jews in Israel, meaning there are those who try to change history or go on propaganda campaigns uh, where sites like Kever Rachel, Western Wall, Temple Mount, etc., uh, which are so important to the Jewish community worldwide and certainly to American Jews, uh, they try to change the, um, the history of those places and claim them for their own. Is this something that the commission has or can play a role in or politically or for whatever reason it's better for the commission not to get involved when it comes to Jewish sites in Israel. Uh, in Israel, we don't. Uh, you know, in Israel, we've got. Uh, you know, fortunately, we should not have to get involved in Israel at all. That's true. Israel, <laughs> uh, um, it, it, you know, like I told, I believe it was Prime Minister Rama in Albania um, last year. You know, thank God we, you know, Albania four times in in the history has been a safe haven for Jews. Wow. The latest was during World War II, but. The I told the Prime Minister Rama, I said, we have to thank you, and we just there was just an unveiling of a mass uh, Holocaust remembrance and thank you to Albanians in Toronto, actually, and a half ago by the commission. Um, I said to him, I said, thank God we have the state of Israel now that, you know, Albania will never have to be a safe haven again to the Jewish people. It, it's, you know, Israel is a, somewhere that the commission does not uh, get involved uh, with, yeah, we have a great ambassador, Ambassador Freeman, a great president, who is making sure that all of those sites will still stay in Israel and be in Israel. And, uh, the, you know, we have a great relationship with the Ministry of Diaspora, to, with a partnership with them to make sure that the countries where, you know, the diaspora Jews are, uh, we partner with them, but not in the state of Israel. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody listening to this conversation would agree that we have full faith that this administration in Washington, the current administration, whether it's a one-term or two-term administration, is always going to recognize the sites that I just alluded to as Jewish sites and and vital to the history of the Jewish people. 
Uh, what will happen after that, who knows? But I think you're 100% right that this administration has demonstrated they will do exactly that. It must be heartwarming when so much of your generation, our generation, I should say, growing up, has been taught and has been uh, inundated, and I'm, this is not a criticism, it's just a reality, uh, with information about countries and leaders who've hated us and who have uh, have done, you know, who have who have either gone ahead and supervised or sat by idly when um, when atrocities were happening. It must be heartwarming to meet leaders of countries that are recognized as countries that were safe havens for Jews. A lot of our young kids in our community don't even realize that during World War II there were actually countries willing to take that risk of of helping out the other guy. In this case, the Jewish people. It must be one of the big benefits of your position. I'll tell you, it's amazing, you know, and, you know, Belarus is in the news a lot the last couple of days. Right. But I could tell you that I never thought that I'd be in Belarus as many times as I was in Belarus, or that I've had an amazing relationship with the leaders in Belarus, uh, especially, you know, on the, foreign, on the foreign ministry side, is that we're actually in the process, and uh, all of our projects that we do is money that has to be raised, the money that comes from the president's budget for the commission is just for the purely the government uh, employees that work in the commission, not for the lay leaders, not for the um, projects themselves. But one of the projects that um, were undertaken and we were approached by were people who graduates from in, in the United States of the Mir Yeshiva. And, you know, and no, you know, you ask a typical person, where's Mir? Mir's in Belarus. Right. You know, the original, the original Mir Yeshiva right now is a um, divided into two little called storefronts one is a post office and one is a auto parts supply store and you know we partnered with the Minsk, the jcc in minsk that has a program every month every summer we partnered with them last summer and this summer happened to be the cemetery the week that they take students to rehabilitate cemeteries was they actually redid uh, rehabilitated the cemetery in mirror last year and completed it this year to, and to be able to, you know, we had uh, one of the Russian Shiva actually spoke via Zoom to all the, the students that participated. And for them to hear the grandson of uh, Leibovitz that's, uh, that's buried in the, in the cemetery in Mir, it was quite amazing that you're actually able to bring those headstones that are being unearthed and brought back up to where they were on, over the tombs you know, they come back to life. And it's, you know, the amazing thing is the foreign minister of Belarus actually came from the city of Mir, wow. from the town of Mir. And, you know, to be able to to bring back, you know, life through the people, you know, it's not right. bringing back the dead, you know, 100 percent, but it's it's giving the dignity to those that were murdered, you know, and killed in these, you know, in these countries bring back, you know, the dignity to their families. Yeah. It's, it's like you said it's, earlier, it's, quite it's, keep, amazing. it's keeping our history alive, which is what you said earlier in terms of one of the important things that the commission is doing in this cancel culture where we're doing what's really important, that is recognizing history and, and keeping it as alive as possible. No question about it. What was the first ceremony of recognition that you did when you first got this uh, uh, chair uh, chair position of the commission? Do you remember what the first one was? Okay. Um, I believe the first one was actually in um, Eisenstadt, Austria. Um, It was the Panameros. And um, there was the town, it's actually in the town of Eisenstadt, actually named, you know, Mayor Eisenstadt, who was buried there. 
Um, that was the first, I believe that was the first um, ceremony we did with government officials. And that goes back, what, like a couple of years ago? That was a couple of years ago, yes. That was in 18, 2018. Finally, Paul Packer, chair of the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. Um, I mean, to whatever extent you want to answer this, I mean, there's a, I can't have a member of the, of the current administration on without, uh, especially in this season, August before the election of 2020, without, without asking um, uh, your impressions when it comes to this administration vis-a-vis Israel and the Jewish community. There are people in this audience who are enthusiastic about the president. There are people in this audience who have sworn that there's no way they could vote for the president. What can you tell us about the last three and a half years vis-a-vis the current president of the United States and Israel and the Jewish community? I would say that, um, again, we live in the greatest country in the world, and that's why people can disagree and be able to go in on Election Day and not vote for the president. That's their prerogative. That's their right as a citizen of the United States. Vis-a-vis the United States and Israel, I think this, you know, I'm not sure what president could do any better for Israel than what this president has done. Um I believe that um, you know, as the president says, we, we never let, we we we're never going to stop winning, and I don't think we're ever going to stop winning under this president. Um, he's a workhorse. He his mind is his mind and heart are in the right place. He has great people like Ambassador Freeman uh, around him, uh, Special Envoy Avi Berkowitz, all the all the right people are, are all around him and trying to get things done. And when it comes to America. You know, I don't have to be the. I'm not the president's spokesperson, but I'm sure if you listen to, uh, uh, you know, Kaylee McEnany any day of the week, you'll be able to hear. You know, right before you know, COVID came. You know, unemployment in every sense of the word uh, for every uh, American and every ethnicity was at the lowest ever point. America is the greatest country in the world. We'll bounce back. We have, if you ask me, one of the you know hardest working best presidents for this country that we've had ever and you know god willing november you know during election time the great things will continue and the president will be able to keep us uh going for another four years to bring the country back where it was and make sure the history is not forgotten paul packard chairs the u.s commission for the preservation of america's heritage abroad uh the government of kazakhstan has added the gravesite of levy yitzhak schneerson the father of the uh, most recent Lubavitcher Rebbe, to its list of National Heritage Sites. And as uh, Paul described, he was there to lead the ceremony uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, was this the only uh, trip? I mean, this is really a personal question, which you don't have to answer. I'm just curious if it was your only trip abroad since Purim because of the whole COVID situation. We'll keep on going on, on other questions, Nacho. <laughs> no, I, the, um, there was one other trip that I that I had made, um, you know, uh, uh, but you know those uh, results will soon be heard. The, um, so even the, so even, uh, so even you've had a slow, even you've had a slower schedule due to the. Uh, I not from it in a long time that I've been. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You, you speak to people on, on the ground on the ground you, so long. You, you speak to people who wake. You speak to people who wake up in the morning normally, and 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 very possibly later that day could be on a plane. And even those people who have schedules like that normally uh, have been obviously uh, staying put for quite a while. This whole situation is pretty 
unbelievable, all the different things that it's caused. Uh, Paul Packer, Yashikoach, what, what an amazing ceremony this week. I know not just the Chabad community worldwide, but the Jewish community worldwide is quite thankful for your efforts. Uh, continue strong, and thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Nachman. Have a great day. Have a great week. Paul Packer chairs the U.S. Commission Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. That was my conversation with Paul Packer. Next up is Akiva Naiman. Akiva Naiman is known for his work in uh, NCSY on the West Coast, specifically Northern California. He's now known also for a brand new app that's been introduced. Akiva Naiman, a recent guest on JM and the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, for years I've been talking about the uh, talent that the people at NCSY are surrounded by really amazing uh, advisors, men and women who are just uh, so talented when it comes to Kiru, but I would say much more beyond that when it comes to Jewish education, adult education, kids' education, informal education. One of the people I've always had in mind when I uh, go through that spiel, which I've done really often, especially in the last couple of weeks since we were doing our NCSY summer program shows, um, one of the people I always have in mind is Akiva Naiman, who happened to have married my niece years ago and now has an amazing family that I got to see from thousands of miles away at the uh, Siegel Myers wedding last week. And um, and he is the director, uh, he is an NCSY director up in uh, Northern California, happens to be in Israel now, obviously, in the aftermath of his brother-in-law's wedding. And we say good morning to Akiva Naiman. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Hello you're, from sunny Jerusalem. You're funny. You're funny. Your family, your family looks great. By the way, really amazing. I I realized once I saw them on the live stream. I haven't seen you guys in a long, long time, to say the least. It's been a while. It's been a while. The kids got big. Uh yeah, that's for sure. Now I I you know because you are so talented, and I know you're blushing right now, but because you are so talented, I lament. Um, when things like you leaving the NCSY summer programs happens. And I was so glad to hear, and I'm sure David Cutler was thrilled as well, to hear that you're going to be coming back, that you're going to be leading a brand new program next summer, Bezrat Hashem, assuming we're all able to travel by next summer. Uh, could you tell us about this? It's called TJJ Action, right? TJJ Action, yep. It's going to be four weeks, uh, public schoolers from, you know, uh, public schools from America, and it's going to be four weeks of the typical TJJ flavor that we give these public schoolers, who it's oftentimes, most of the time, their first time in Israel traveling up and down the entire country, but with a big focus on chesed, volunteering, talking about you know uh, topics that are in the world today around social action, uh, and I'm really excited for it. And, I mean, you're, you're, you're somebody who likes challenges. I'm assuming that's why you're back, because you consider this program a real challenge? It's a real challenge, and being from Northern California, it's also a great fit for the teens that I work with, which are largely public school teens. Right. Um, and uh, it's you know it will it will be a challenge with in addition to all the challenges that we have in this com- upcoming year of coronavirus. Um, but it's true, I do like a challenge. I can't <laughs> I can't deny that. <laughs> and I've been out of the summer game for, for already two years. Right. I miss it. I miss it. I ran I ran summer to, programs for seven years. To the detriment of the Jewish world, trust me. Um, listen, <laughs> the um, I, I've asked this question a million times in the last two weeks because we've spoken to so many people between the NCSY shows and. I it's one of my favorite questions. I think the audience is tired of it already, but I'm going to ask you anyway, especially <laughs> okay. because you mentioned Northern California. You're in a much different environment than a lot of the local people we speak to here who are dealing with you know, a good number of yeshiva students and day school students and obviously some public school. 
Um, are you still amazed that students, high schoolers especially, who have so many really attractive options how to spend their summer? And I myself can list for them a really cool list of activities <laughs> that they could be doing during the summer and that they yet uh, decide to head to Israel and to dominate their day with not only touring Israel, but, you know, a, a formal and informal Torah study as well. Right. It's a, it's a great question. I'm curious to hear what my colleagues have been answering. I'll tell you, <laughs> in Northern California, we have 350,000 Jewish people with about a 1%, 2% Orthodox, uh, 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 Orthodox rate of, about that, and, of that. And we have, about, we have over 1,000 public school teams that partake in our programs there, uh, between me and the other directors. And one of the clearest proofs for me personally of the Jewish neshama is I meet teens who've never heard of Shabbat, who've no clue what Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur is, and, but they're proud to be Jewish. And they, they know that I am Jewish. I don't know what that means. I've, I've never done anything kosher or Shabbat or anything like that in my life, but I know I'm Jewish and I'm proud of it. I don't even know what that means. And I see it over and over and over again of teens who don't know anything but say they're Jewish. And so it's still amazing to me that so many teens are coming from the West Coast and Northern California on summer programs. But at the end of the day, it is also, it's thank God, not surprising because the Jewish neshama burns bright and you really can't take that away from a person. The majority, are, I assume the majority you deal with when you say Northern California, I assume Oakland, San Francisco, are there other cities I'm not thinking of? Uh, Palo Alto is where my colleague Devorah Simon. She covers the uh, kind of Silicon Valley area. Right. Uh, Sunnyvale, San Jose, Berkeley. Uh, Marin, but yeah, you know, there's there's tens of thousands of Jewish teenagers living there, and about 30,000. And frankly, aside from the peer reaction, when someone announces, you know, at the age of 15 that they're heading to Israel for the summer, I would bet in your area of the country, there's there's also a pressure, a political pressure for those kids, mm-hmm. at, those kids and their parents that they would do anything having to do with the state of Israel. Am I overstating that, or are they really going through that? Unfortunately, you're not overstating it at all. I'll tell you, I'm literally in the middle over the past few days of helping one of my teens who comes from a very, uh, let's say, left-leaning school, left-leaning, uh, you know, area, and she came back from Israel on, on TJJ this past summer, very pro-Israel, even though she had never really given Israel much thought in her life. Um, she also come back, she came back Shomer Shabbat, thank God, right. and is now going to Israel next year to seminary, but she is getting a lot of cyberbullying. Um, online from uh, past friends and people she doesn't know because she's become for Israel. People have egged her house. Uh, it's unfortunately a real thing. What about the public school parents? Do they go through the same thing where they can't, they can't go to a cocktail party without being criticized for sending their kid to Israel? I don't, I don't want to say 100% exactly because, you know, it also depends on, you know, who's, who's hosting the cocktail party. There's a lot of, there are some pro-Israel people living in Northern California, certainly in the Shoals. Um, but, but, but yes, you know, just saying Israel or sending, saying I sent my team to Israel this past summer will definitely get you raised eyebrows and a mixed reaction at best. Akiva Naiman is, Akiva Naiman is with us. So next summer, in all seriousness, it, it, when, when you get, when you get, let's say two students, right? And then, you know, and they're able to. I mean, it's so much more than just a couple of students. It, it's a major victory when you're able to get two or three who then you know spread the word and get get more friends to come. I mean, p- people have to realize that not only are they are you going up against you know all the attractive things that I alluded to at the beginning of this conversation, but on top of that, you're going against this whole political feeling about Israel. So when you see that fire spread, you know, and and the desire to get to Israel spread through the teens, it's just. 
you know, it, it, it becomes so much bigger than just, you know, that number of individuals going. It's inspiring, and that's why our line is inspiring the Jewish future, because you see it start from one, you know, core group of kids, and then they right. spread it to their friends and spread it to their friends. And that's the same with summer programs and the same with our programs that are on the ground during the year. You know, but it's the reason that we have tens of thousands of teens participating throughout the year around the country in Canada and South America, and the reason why we have thousands, God willing, coming on uh NCSY summer programs this upcoming summer because it starts with the teens who went on programs previous years past and had an incredible life-changing time and tell their friends about it. When you do TJJ action for the first time next summer, what percentage, and I know you're guessing now, obviously, it's 12 months beforehand, what percent? Right. What percentage of the kids do you think will have never been to Israel before? Oh, um, is it half? I would, I've also, uh, I would probably get, I would probably go with, Seventy percent and up, because a lot of you know there are kids who have gone with for our siblings bar bat mitzvah or a class trip. Seventy percent have not gone. Seventy percent not gone. That's what that's what I would venture. Yeah, that's a, unbelievable. That's an unbelievable. Yeah. So again, so certainly th- from my neck of the woods. So there's really another factor. It's not just it's not just what you're up against in terms of other programs and the politics. Also, you know, people who haven't been there often are hesitant to go and travel there. So oh, for sure. A hundred percent. That's what I get from parents. The parents are like, am I going to send my kids so far away? What's it like there? I mean, I remember when I landed in Israel, when I made Aliyah as a kid, I thought there'd be camels on the runway. You know, it's a whole different country. <laughs> you were disappointed, huh? <laughs> I was. I was bummed. I thought we'd get off the plane and get on our camel and go to our house. You show up, there's buses, and Akiva Naiman is re- <laughs> really upset. Uh, Akiva Naiman is with us, Northern California, NCSY. You heard about the new summer program. It's not even the reason why we ha- not even the reason why we asked him on this morning, but every time he's on... I can't resist having a conversation with him about um, uh, educating and inspiring Jewish youth. You're on this morning because you're literally introducing to the world, I assume it's already active, a brand new app. Tell everybody what's going on. Okay, yes, we're super, super excited about it. And I want to start with giving credit to, to the NCSY IT team, Shlomo Dopkin and his staff, because they put so much work into it. Um, it's called the Shalom Trivia app. So anyone who's listening, you can already go to the App Store or Google Play uh, and download it. Uh, it's, 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 it's live. It's active. We already have over 1,000 teens who have used uh, this platform, Shalom Trivia, um, and it's really, really exciting. It's, uh, it's every single day. When this whole thing started and everything moved virtual, I knew, I saw very quickly that people were going to get Zoomed out. How, how long can you stay in a Zoom phone call? You're not really socializing. I realized we needed something different. And I approached my local federation, the San Francisco Federation, uh, in partnership with the Jim Joseph Foundation, and asked them for a grant to fund this idea that I'd kind of always had. I'm a, I'm a believer in incentivized education um, and uh, gamification of, uh, of, you know, bringing Jewish values and Jewish, and Jewish Torah and, and Torah to, different, to Jewish teens throughout the world. And I was like, it's time. For this. There's always an idea I had in the back burner. I'm like, this is the time to do it. And so every day I started as a WhatsApp group just posting a Jewish question, you know. Uh, it could be literally from, like, how many days is Rosh Hashanah, which you'd be surprised not everybody knows, <laughs> uh, to which Jewish celebrity made up a famous song about Hanukkah, um, uh, you know, what is, you know, what is Ozevagon in Israel, and who is it in memory for, um, three types of chauffeur blasts, everything. The whole, I mean, at this point, we have a, a curriculum of hundreds of questions that we've gone through. And I started writing these questions in a WhatsApp group, and I said, and I added about 20 local teens, and I said like this, for every five teens you get to answer, I'll up a gift card every single day by a dollar. So if you get 100 teens to answer today, I'll give away $20 in gift cards. 200 teens, $40, etc. And 
like wildfire, we grew to 900 teens. Hmm. I mean, within a matter of a few weeks, we had 900 teens around the country answering these questions. And it got bigger and it got bigger and it got bigger with different types of questions. Um, and it was amazing. And, um, and then we, we decided, you know, to, in order to reach teens who don't have WhatsApp or, or aren't part of NCSY already, we needed to turn it into an app. And I created an internship. We have 12 teens who have really kind of built the app from the ground up and designed it. And the teens who have designed the, how it looks and the notification sounds and everything about it, um, and now, and now it's live, and we have hundreds of teens, literally, literally hundreds of teens every single day, answering and learning about different things about Jude- Jewish history or Israel or Jewish culture, whatever it may be. Well, I've seen the app, and it's really cool. Uh, you don't want people like me utilizing it, though, correct? I mean, this is something that you, you just want to encourage the teens and those who are unfamiliar with our tradition to gravitate toward this app, right? So it's for middle schoolers and high schoolers, correct, 6th to 12th grade. But it, uh, the way that it's built at this point is there's three different levels of questions. And if you're maybe a teen who doesn't have as strong of a background, it could be the, the easy question is, is, is already too hard for you. It could be if you're a Shiva Day School background, it could be the easy question might be, might be very easy. But the hard question, there's three different levels, easy, medium, and hard. The hard question is always is always difficult. It's always yeah. for no matter what your background, you're going to have to do a little bit of thinking, a little bit of googling to find the answer. And it's funny because these days, I mean, Google's your best friend for this effort because you know in the old days you'd ask a trivia question, there'd be really no resource and certainly no resource at the ready uh, to go and, and learn more about this. Now a team can just you know punch in Rosh Hashanah that they may never have heard of and find out what it is and what kind of holiday it is and how long it is and everything else about it. Exactly. And I want them to. I want them to learn, right. like, you know, how to use Chabad dot, you know, and H.com, you know, and, and all these websites are, that, that have all this information realize that, oh, you can, use the, you can use Google for Jewish information? I had no idea. Or even today's hard question is, post a link. The teen has to write a link, uh, you know, copy and paste a link of one uh, Israel innovation. Yeah. So they have to go and Google an Israel, Israel innovation and copy it into the, into the app. Right. You don't know which uh, innovation is leading today, do you? Which is today? Yeah, which is TJ Action is the leading innovation of Israel. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) I'll let David Cutler know. He'll be very proud. Uh, Akiva Naiman is with us now. I mean, you're one of the few people I could discuss the following question with, and 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 you'll understand where I'm coming from. I know people would roll their eyes. Many would roll their eyes that this app, this trivia game, can actually you know spark some type of of Jewish inspiration in a teenager and that years from now you could ask a Jewish teen, you know, how'd you get into how'd you get into this whole thing? You know, why are you keeping kosher? Why do you have a family that's properly, you know, Jewish ritually, etc.? And they'll say, Well, there was this trivia game that and, and and while many people would roll their eyes and find that hard to believe, you you honestly believe that this is how it works and you wouldn't be shocked if a teen is turned on because of it. I wouldn't be shocked at all, and I'll tie it back into Israeli innovation, the, the, the water irrigation, the drip system, right. right? We know that the drip system works in Israel because it's a drop at a time, a drop at a time, a drop at a time, and those many, many drops can, can water an entire field. And I see that, and any Jewish educator will tell you that, that it's a drop at a time, the seeds that you plant, and you never know which, which drop is going to really get that tree to sprout. And honestly, there's a reason a lot of people know pointless trivia. It's because trivia, you learn it here and there, a little bit here, a little bit of Israel advocacy, a little bit of Jewish history. You know, you could walk into an Israel advocacy class, a three-hour Israel advocacy class. I would venture you might be getting a lot more out of one Israel fact a day than a three-hour Israel advocacy class because it's short, it's small, and it's a lot easier to, um, to remember. 
No uh, question. Also, I'll yeah. say, though, that on the app itself, there is a place where teams can write in questions, and we answer, I have a team of advisors, NCSY advisors, and we've answered their questions. You know, questions on, like, well, a question that just came in the other day was, uh, you know, what is Judaism's take on anti-Semitism? And so we're going to write an answer where te- you know, to, to that question, I guess, and reach out to the team and see where they're holding. Wow. So they can learn a lot more than just the trivia questions we're putting. We're interacting with the teams as well. Is this thing growing daily? What have the first few days been like? Uh, it's about we, we did a the hard launch was really about two weeks ago and we already have uh, we've had a thousand teams between WhatsApp and the app the app itself has seven hundred downloads already most of the teams are are coming back every day they're 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 just staying there's high retention and that's really great we just sent out a we we today we pushed a, a large um, Instagram and Facebook ad you know paid for ad and we're hoping that will reach Jewish teens ages thirteen to eighteen around America um, it's it's definitely growing it's it's very exciting. Open to all teens. Everybody's uh, invited to check out Shalom Trivia. Is that what you do? You go to the App Store and search Shalom Trivia? Yep, or if you don't, if your teen has a kosher phone or doesn't have the ability to download an app, you can go to shalomtrivia.ncsy.org. Again, that's shalomtrivia.ncsy.org. And there is a Google form that they can just uh, fill it out there in case they don't have access to, to an app. And I want to just reiterate before, every day the easy, uh, dozens of teens are winning either in the easy $5 gift cards uh, medium $10 gift cards or in the hard $15 gift cards. And what's incredible is we give the teens the option of either getting an Amazon gift card or Starbucks gift card or donating it to Tzedakah to a charity of their choice. And 25%, a little more, give uh, of the teens decide to donate their winnings to charity, which is, for me, very inspiring. We've given hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to different Tzedakahs around the world because of these teens. Wow. I could see there being people who want to sponsor this, frankly. I mean, I guess they could be in, I, t- they could be in touch with you, I guess. I certainly hope so. They can, if they're listening, they can be in touch with me. Uh, they can email me at shalomtrivia uh, at ncsy.org, or they can be in touch with you. But we are definitely open. We 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 had for the begin the beginning when this started, uh, someone sponsored it in memory. Uh, excuse me, in refuge name of someone that they knew, and that's how the whole thing got started in the first place. So it's definitely open to sponsorships. Yeah, figures chesed is what got this started. Um... <laughs> the, the, that's it is what makes the world around. COVID ruined a banner year for you in Northern California, NCSY wise, or was this, was this an average year, five seven eight zero in Northern California, NCSY wise? This past year, we uh, got chapter of the year, <gasps> and there was a reason for that. It was wow. really. It was, it was, we, you know, between myself and my colleagues, we, like I said, reached 1,200 teens. We had over 600 classes and events between wow. September and March. That's not a made-up number. That's a real number wow. uh, with over 6,000 repeat teens. So it was a pretty incredible year. COVID came crashing down on us. Uh, it was, it really put everything to a halt. I mean, we, you know, we innovated. I made a virtual reality. I bought it. We bought everyone goggles, and we made a virtual reality tour of Israel, which was amazing. We made a board game for Shavuos teens could play with their family, which was amazing. But, you know, even with all the out-of-the-box and in-the-box thinking, uh, it's, uh, people miss social interaction and, you know, Shabbatones. We had, we had you know, at our, we had to do a Shabbaton, a ski Shabbaton in Tahoe in February, and we had over 115 teens um, come to that Shabbaton. It was incredible. How'd you, you deal, how'd you deal with all the press conferences after being awarded Chapter of the Year? How'd you deal with that schedule? Well, I was waiting for you to call me, and then since that didn't happen, you know, the schedule was empty. <laughs> not even I, not even I hopped onto that bandwagon, huh? You, you, you think I would? With all, with all the times, honestly, it was for me. You know, I put really my my life and soul into Northern California, and uh, it, I felt, you know, I, I was very happy we won because I was I worked very hard for it. Thank God. 
What, what, how do you feel? I don't even know if you could answer this question honestly, frankly. How do you feel when, okay. when you do all these innovative programs and you realize that regions and chapters around the United States are now doing the same thing because Akiva Naiman did it? Uh, uh, I mean, without arrogance, <laughs> it's a bit of a, I don't know, you know, I, I feel very happy. I'm very proud of it. Uh, in New England right now is doing an incredible thing. Yudi Rizal is just a master at Jewish education, and he's doing ncsyrewards.org.org. And that's, you know, in 2013, we came up with a program called iLearn, which is now also a regional program. Several regions have copied it. Where, again, it's, you know, it's actually, it's really where Shalom Trivia kind of started. It's gamification. It's kids get points. You know, you know, we all fly. Well, not anymore, but we used to fly, and we used to get frequent flyer points, and then we would get rewards for it. I said, let's do the same thing. And and kid came to Shoal Friday night. You got points. You learned to Chavrusa, you got points. You wrote as Vartoro, you got points. And uh, I, I was, you know, I'm very happy to see that, you know, spread around the country and have people do things based off of that. Thank God you were able to fly to your brother-in-law's wedding, Baruch Hashem. Uh, that was not easy, as do you, you know. Do you know how long you'll be in Israel yet? Is this till the Chagim, after the Chagim? you have any idea? We'll see. I mean, right now it's like such a fluctuating world. Right, I think that true. Hashem is, is, you know, telling us one day at a time, right. be in the present, be with your families. You know, I don't know. Well, I, we're obviously going back, but uh, we have yeah. an open ticket, and uh, within the next couple of weeks, God willing. Yeah, I hear it. Akiva Naiman, everybody. You know, I always talk about the incredible talent in NCSY, and he is one of the reasons, those of you who want information. Well, first of all, if you want to uh, suggest to a teen to actually install the app, to don't download the app, uh, they can go to the uh, iPhone uh, uh, app store. They can go to Google Play and just ser- simply search Shalom Trivia, Shalom Trivia. And Akiva, what do they do if they're on WhatsApp? How do they get it? If they don't have, if they don't, if they don't have access to um, to download an app, they just go to shalomtrivia.ncsy.org, and you'll see there's a line there that says if you go, if you can't download an app, click here, and every day it's uh, it's updated. And again, you know, thank God we're at this point because there's so many hundreds of teams replying. We're giving away hundreds of dollars every single day. Have you ever done a well, Jew- excuse me over a hundred dollars every day? Have you ever done a Jewish music concert out there in Northern California? Or that uh, that would not be something the kids would be interested in. Uh, we, ha- we the show does a lot of, we had Y studs oh, nice. and that was great. Very um, nice. yeah, no, it was good. We thought, you know, the show does a once a year, kind of like they bring in the Moshe brand, they brought in Zusha. Oh, wow. The teens like it. The teens like it. Yeah. You know, I'll when, t- when the Maccabees came, that was big. The teens loved that. Right. I can imagine. Boy, you're all <laughs> over uh, the place. We thought all the auction, all the action was in New York and New Jersey. Look what's happening in Northern California. My gosh. Yeah. Well, we have we're the fourth biggest Jewish population in America. You know, people just don't know that because it's the affiliate. We're at a, you know in some parts of Northern California, it's a ninety percent intermarriage rate, wow. um, and and the overwhelming majority uh, are unaffiliated. And uh, you know, so it's really the the front lines in a way. Well, knowing how successful you've been, you've been helpful in stemming the tide of that. And I know that it's a big number to crack, but uh, you've definitely helped in terms of changing the intermarriage rate. That's for sure. Uh, during during Thank the you. during the years you're out there, what would be larger, by the way, New York, L.A., and what? Chicago, Florida, uh, Florida, Florida. That, that would be larger than uh, than Northern California. Yeah, it's, uh, it goes New York. I think Florida's actually bigger than L.A. in terms of yeah. geography and 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 uh, density of, of Jewish population. Pretty amazing. Uh, Akiva Naiman, always a delight to speak with you. Continue your incredible work on behalf of the Jewish people. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me on. A pleasure. Check out the app, everybody, and recommend it to the teens. It's called Shalom Trivia. Really easy to find. App Store, Google Play, etc., etc. Five minutes before 8 o'clock, you're listening to JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Akiva Naiman of West Coast NCSY. Thanks so much for joining us. Plenty more coming up if you keep it here on the Nahum Siegel Network.